0: Hello everyone and welcome to the March 2023 flight test safety podcast. I'm your host Art Tomasetti. I'm actually recording this on the 15th of March so for all those concerned I am remembering my Shakespeare and being cautious. If you have no clue what I'm talking about maybe go back to your notes from English literature class. Now I'm going to take some liberties with the soothsayers comment from Act 1 Scene 2 of Julius Caesar but he is basically telling Caesar be careful today. Now he's very specific about a date the Ides of March and by the way The Ides of March is the 74th day in the Roman calendar, corresponding to 15 March. Actually, the word Ides refers to a day falling roughly in the middle of each month. The 15th in March, May, July, October, and the 13th in all the other months. Look at that. English Lit and History Lessons all in one podcast. What a deal. Okay, back to the soothsayer's message. Be careful today. Now, maybe it's just me and my time talking about safety and my years as a parent but that seems like generally good advice for any day, really, not just one day in March. Now, for all of you who read the last edition of our newsletter, the Flight Test Safety Fact, I teased you with a little story about an adventure I had on a recent trip to a small town in the state of Nevada. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. And just so you know, today's podcast is me telling you a story. The story I'm about to tell has history, adventure, mystery. Danger! Suspense! Romance! Um, wait, that's not true. There is no romance. Got a little carried away there. Okay, all those other things, though, and safety. I mean, after all, this is the Flight Test Safety Podcast, and this story covers two of the three words in the title, flight and safety. Okay, so last month I took a trip to Las Vegas. The day started with a drive south out of the city. Well, actually, it started with a walk from the Flamingo Hotel to the Bellagio Hotel to pick up the rental car. And here was lesson one for the day know where you are going now sure I looked at my phone to find that the rental car place was near the valet parking area so I thought I was good but a little construction and lack of signage and I had to do that most detested thing of all ask someone the lesson here generally knowing where you are going or what you're going to do is good but detailed knowledge and planning however is much better Now, my quest that morning was to find one of the old airway navigation markers used by airmail pilots back in the 1920s. These markers were large concrete arrows that marked the routes between major cities. Now, most of the towers had light beacons associated with them for night flying and bad weather, but they all had 15 to 30 foot long concrete arrows painted bright yellow that you could see from the aircraft of the day. Remember, there was a time before GPS and INS and all the other navigation wonders that assist us today. If you're not familiar with the early days of the U.S. airmail, I highly encourage you to learn a little bit more. There's lots of material out there to read, lots of videos to watch, and a few museums around the country that have exhibits. How those early pilots made it work is an incredible story of innovation, daring, and commitment. All attributes that we in the flight test profession understand as enablers to progress. This particular marker I was after sat on a hill and pointed towards Las Vegas from Los Angeles. And once again i had done some pre-mission planning so i had an idea of where to park the rental car but as i parked the rental car i realized that my map study was good but it was done with road maps and satellite views i failed to check the topographical layer to glean elevation data now looking up at a steep hill and treacherous unfamiliar terrain i face some significant risk decisions now bear in mind i'm from florida so perspective plays into this a little but it was probably a three to 400 foot hill. I know that doesn't sound like much, but that's over 30 stories and it was steep and it was rocky. I got out of the rental car, grabbed my backpack with camera gear, drone and water and started walking towards the base of the hill. And this is where I faced that moment of choice relative to risk and safety. We spend a lot of time in our podcast and our newsletter and at our workshops talking about risk and safety as it relates to flying and flight test. Makes sense, right? Because we are the Flight Test Safety Committee. But dealing with risk and safety affects almost everything we do, and what we do affects our mindsets on risk and safety. I know, take a minute to let that sink in. Turbo, are you saying how we do risk and safety away from the aircraft may affect how we do risk and safety around or in the aircraft? Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. So back to me at the base of the hill. Risks were, well, obviously falling. And I had recently been watching the show Something Bit Me on Nat Geo TV, so of course I'm thinking rattlesnakes. By the way, if you haven't watched that series, a word of caution. It will make you think twice about going into the woods, the desert, your backyard, or any body of water larger than a puddle. Now, compounding the risk is the fact that I am solo. So if either of the above things happens, well, probably not good. Okay, and the gain? which of course factors into the equation, seeing and photographing a pretty cool piece of aviation history. Maybe also actually doing something challenging, making it to the top of that hill. Now there's a character trait at play here, not thrill seeker, but it's in that neighborhood. Now, no doubt my Marine Corps experience factored in here, overcome challenge, overcome fear, and of course something about taking hills. If we accept that we can't always reduce risk to zero in flight test or in aviation, and it seems to follow that the people who go out and execute flight tests have to have a little bit of that character trait. Okay, enough philosophy. It's time to climb or go home. Now, my original plan was to use my phone on a selfie stick to document my climb to the top. Risk mitigation decision number one. Keep everything in the backpack, leaving both arms free to assist in climbing. Risk mitigation decision number two. Study the hill to look for an optimal path to ascend, that might be better than the spot where I actually parked. Risk mitigation decision number three, check cell phone coverage. This was my lifeline in the event of fall or rattlesnake attack. With those done, I began my ascent. Some of you now are thinking, wait, what about making sure someone knew where you were so if you didn't check back in, they would know where to start the search. You know, that is actually a great risk mitigation decision and next time I do something like this, I will remember to add that one in. During the climb, I was hyper careful with foot placement to ensure no loose rocks when I put weight on one foot and making sure I had a good handhold when stepping forward. I stopped several times to reassess paths options and catch my breath. Total flatlander here. So even that little bit of elevation in Las Vegas combined with the cold temperatures that morning had an impact. As I approached the top, the first thing I could spot was a tip of what remained of a windsock. It was just a metal skeleton, but it let me know I was close. Finally, I was there. And before me on the ground, this giant arrow made of concrete, painted bright yellow and pointing towards Las Vegas far off in the distance. The footings that were the base of the light tower were still there as well. I stopped for a minute, yes, to catch my breath again, but also to imagine flying in an open cockpit, De Havilland DH-4 at low altitude. Unreliable compass, altimeter meant for flying at higher altitudes, and being there in bad weather with limited visibility. The feeling the pilot would have had seeing that arrow and having some idea of which way to go. With that moment of reflection complete, I set about the task of photo and video taking. Unpacked my camera gimbal and did all my ground level shooting. I unpacked my small drone that I had brought with me, and I wanted to get some overhead shots next. Kind of give the feeling of what those early airmail pilots would have seen looking down. But it was pretty windy, and I'm not super experienced flying the drone in those conditions. And for sure, I didn't want to lose the drone somewhere on the side of the hill where it was going to be tough to get to. Recognizing, and more importantly, acknowledging my limitations, I sacrificed probably some cooler shots in order to keep the drone over an area I could easily recover if required. Finally, it was time to pack up and head further south to the next marker, which fortunately was at ground level. While on top of the hill, I had done a bit of reconnoitering and discovered what looked like a slightly safer path down. See, I was continuing to work risk mitigation in real time. So what are the takeaways from this that have any bearing on flight, test, or safety? The simple. I applied things I learned as a test pilot to something that had nothing to do with flying except from a historical perspective. I planned. I assessed risk. Sure, I could have avoided the risk altogether by not climbing that hill, but this would have been a really short podcast in that case. I recognized my own limitations when it came to flying the drone. And most importantly, I continued to be risk aware as the mission progressed. Something I learned early in my Marine Corps career was that camouflage is continuous. I never asked why, but went along with that, which trust me, was the right approach during basic training. But something I learned in my flying career is that risk mitigation is continuous as well. Sure, your predictions may all be spot on, but every now and again, the situation changes. Wind, weather, mechanical issues, whatever, and you have to assess and adapt. So, like camouflage, Risk mitigation is not a once-and-done process. I approached this real-life, non-aviation scenario with a bunch of things I learned in my flying career. Now, I will be first to admit, in my younger days, my risk decisions might have gone differently. But that character trait in me that chose gain over risk has always been there in things I did as a kid, in things I did in airplanes, and of course, in things I do now. It is something you need to be aware of, something you have to accept, and I think maybe something we should always be looking to improve. Now, there's been evolution and revolution in the world of aviation. Think about it. A hundred years ago, pilots were vigorously scanning the horizon to find that beacon or yellow arrow to show them which way to go. And when I started flight training, we learned navigation with a compass, map, and stopwatch. And luckily, never really had to rely on those skills. Today, computers in our aircraft, in our phones, in our watches, talk to satellites in space, and tell us which way to go. So many technological advancements have occurred over the past century to improve safety and reduce risk in aviation. But on the human side, how much evolution and revolution to improve safety and reduce risk has there been? Hard to quantify that, I know, but we do our best. And from time to time, we humans do try to improve safety and reduce risk by sharing our experiences with others and applying lessons learned that we have experienced or that others have shared with us into things that we do in our everyday lives. So that's my story. Using skills and things I learned in my time flying airplanes, I applied those to a situation in everyday life and completed an adventure and got to see up close and personal a piece of aviation history. Hey, and if you're interested, I put a little video together with some of the shots I took that day and there'll be a link in the show notes for this episode. Of reminders for upcoming events. The North American Flight Test Safety Workshop will be held in Wichita 2 through 4 May, and registration is now open. There's a link in the description for the podcast. AIAA's Aviation Forum takes place June 12th through 16th in San Diego, and you can check the events section of the AIAA website for all of their upcoming conferences. An SFTE's 34th Annual European Chapter Symposium will take place in Rome May 16th through 18th. You can find details for all their events on the SFTE website. I hope you've enjoyed this episode i enjoyed sharing my story with you and hey do you have a story where you applied something you learned in your aviation career to a real world everyday event share it with us and who knows maybe you'll get to tell your story on a future podcast until next time be safe be smart and be ready the flight test safety podcast is sponsored by time to climb training and consulting Motivate your team to succeed, accelerate towards your goals, and elevate to a higher level of performance. On the web at www.time, the number two, climb.com.